Hey everybody, good morning. My name is Connor Mason. I'm a pastor on staff here at Summit Church and we're so glad that you're with us today. And I pray that God has been speaking to you as we've been taking communion and, and worshiping together and, and doing these things that draw us closer to the heart of God and help us remember the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I pray that He's already been working on your heart. I pray that He's preparing you, that your heart would be like a seedbed, that, that when this Word comes, that it would bring forth fruit in due season season and today we're going to get right into his word and before we do that I want to ask you to do something I want to ask you to share this I want you to uh, to like this and comment and just welcome everybody that's that's joining online with you we want to spread the gospel to as many people as possible and we're not ashamed to ask for that we're not ashamed to talk about that because when you share this post when you like it when you comment on it it helps us to spread that gospel through social media and uh, we have testimonies of people that their lives have been changed just by being able to be a part online and that's large in part because you watch that's large in part because you share and you like and you comment on this so I pray that you would just do that today just take a moment to share this uh, also if you want to get connected to the church if you want to be a part in any way there's a link in our description that you can click on to be a part here at Summit so with all that being said, we want to get right into God's Word. And I really believe that this Word today is going to do something uh, in our hearts that's going to change us, that it's going to be something that's a pillar moment in our life that we look back on and we remember uh, that God spoke to us. And I pray that it hits you in that way. I pray that it touches your life in that way. Today we're going to be talking on the subject of hopeful thinking hopeful thinking, building a stronghold of hope in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits. Today our text is in Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12. This is what it says. You can see it on the screen there. Let's read it together. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. What a promise from God. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We're so thankful for your presence. God, we feel your presence even now. We know your word says we're two or more gathered in your name. There you are in the midst of them. God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what it is the Spirit is saying and doing this morning. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So, talking about hope, talking about a stronghold of hope being built in our hearts and our minds, talking about the culture of hope being in our minds and in our families. You know, there's something that we've been doing, me and my wife, Taylor, that we've been doing with our daughter, Lindley. Uh, and we've been trying to uh, instill the culture of hope in our home. We want this to be something that's in the forefront of our minds. We want it to be the very first thing that we turn to. We want it to be the very first thing that, that our reaction is pointed towards when any time life throws something our way. And how many of you know we face uh, opposition as being believers? We face opposition as people in this world that there's an enemy of our soul, that, soul that, that the Word, the Bible talks about him being the... Uh, the, the one who is trying to steal, kill, and destroy in our lives. And his name is the devil. The, the word makes no bones about it. That he is trying to do this in our lives. And, and so when opposition comes our way, or maybe uh, opposition of our own making has caused different things to happen in our life, we want hope 
to be that stronghold that we stake our lives in, that our family knows that we turn towards. And this is what hope means. We're going to talk about it a little more in a minute. But hope is the simple belief that things can change. The simple belief that things can change. That I believe that, that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. I believe that His mercies are new every morning. That sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. This is what hope is. And what we're trying to do with our daughter, we're trying to instill this culture of hope in our home so that it's not only something we turn towards, but it's something she turned towards uh, as life throws things her way. And so one thing we've been doing is we've been repeating Scripture on the way uh, to her daycare. And one we've been repeating is out of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. And this is what it said, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. There's the word hope. For he who promised is faithful. So we'll repeat with Lindley, our daughter. He who promised, you'll say, He who promised is faithful, is faithful. And we'll repeat this over and over again. Because we want to instill in her mind, we want to instill in our minds that He who promised, Jesus Christ who promised, who we stake our hope in, He is faithful. This is just a small example of what it means to build a stronghold of hope in our minds and in our hearts. There are so many different things we can do to build this stronghold of hope. And today I pray that this Word encourages you to do this in your life. To believe again that things can change. So what is a stronghold? A stronghold is a mindset or an attitude that helps to govern your way of living. Because I really do believe this. The way your mind is set is the way your life will go. The way your mind is set is the way your life will go. If you're continually talking bad, if you're continually putting yourself down, if you're continually moving towards this area of thought that is not filled with Christ, that is not fueled by prayer, that is not fueled by worship, and and it's always down and you're always talking negative to yourself, this is something we can't do if we want the culture of hope being bred in our lives. We have to to, uh, to, to build up and we have to reinforce in our mind the Word of God and the Spirit of God in worship to reinforce hope in our lives. The way your mind is set is the way your life will go. What if our lives were lived with a stronghold of hope as mentioned in Zechariah 9? Zechariah goes as far as to say, you prisoners of hope. Now in the Christian world I grew up in, we always talked about being set free. And it's awesome, and God breaks bondage off of us, and He sets us free, and He moves in our life. For the Word says, whom the Son set free is free indeed. And I believe this with my whole heart. But there are some things that God doesn't want us to be free from. He wants us to be a prisoner of hope. He wants us to be a prisoner to this thing that anchors our soul, as the Word talks about. This is something that it's okay to be a prisoner to. This is something that when it changed you up, it changed you to something that is higher than yourself. It changed you to Jesus Christ. This is what Zechariah is talking about. This is what a stronghold is. It's an attitude or a mindset that helps to govern our way of being. A stronghold is meant to keep things in and to keep certain things out. When the devil tries coming your way, when the devil tries throwing stuff at you that you know is jacked up, God, why is this happening to us? Why is this going? Our, why, why is this not going our way? Why are certain things happening? This is when you can take comfort in the stronghold of hope. 
You can take comfort in the thing that's going to keep the devil out, to keep the enemy out, and keep Christ-centered thoughts, keep Christ-centered thinking in, keep Christ-centered actions in. Stronghold of hope. So what is hope? As we talked about earlier, I believe hope has become, like many words in our uh, common vernacular today, it's become a word that is watered down. It's become a word that really has lost its substance because we use it so nonchalantly. Much like the word love. You know, hope is something that we say, you know, I hope you have a good game. I hope everything goes good with that job interview. I hope we see you soon. I hope, I hope, I hope. But hope, hope is literally in the life of the believer a matter of life and death. When we have hope, when we have this belief that things can change, this is something that fuels faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of having a culture of hope around you. If I don't believe things can change, faith is not going to be active in my life. If I don't have this culture of hope, if I don't have this culture that says that even though this is how the world looks, I know that there's a better word. I know that there's a better thing that God wants to do. And if I don't have this culture of hope working in and around this, faith is not going to be active. Hope is the seedbed for faith. Hope is a biblical reality that is sure of itself. It's the anchor of our souls And hope is tenacious. Hope is something that when life, it's gritty. When things are coming my way, when it's hard. You know, there's something that happened a few years ago. My daughter, uh, mine and Taylor's daughter got extremely sick. And this was before COVID. This was before all of that. And she came down with RSV. Now, it got so bad. We, We went to the doctor a few times and they said, you know, here's some antibiotics. She should be getting better. Things like that. Things should be on the up and up. You don't have to worry. All of these things were happening. And as we went home and we, we began giving her these antibiotics, we began to, to give her this medicine in this way. You know, we were praying, believing that God was healing her. And there was one day where we woke up and we came to the living room and we're talking and we're hanging out and we could tell something was wrong with Lindley and, and we could tell something was wrong with her behavior and, and how she was acting and and uh, she wasn't talking much, and this is just not like her. She's usually full of life and vibrant. If you've ever met Lindley, she's just like a firecracker, and I love that about her. But she wasn't, uh, you know, displaying or personifying her, her normal personality. And so we're looking at her, and all of a sudden, it's as if she lost breath. She just sort of kind of just lays down. It's almost as if she passed out right there in the floor. Now, in this moment, there are two different things you can do. First, we got her up and we took her to the hospital. Now, don't be crazy, Christian people, and just start being goofy. We need to take her to the hospital. We prayed for her, but we took we got her up as quick as we could. We took her to the hospital. And Lindley was in the hospital for almost a week, and this was one of the biggest, you know, things me and Taylor had faced as parents up to this time, and it was crazy, and it was scary, and we didn't know, and I'm so thankful for family and friends that surrounded us and prayed for us and gathered with us to believe uh, that Lindley would be healed, but as she was in the hospital, she was hooked up to machines, and she wasn't doing well, and 
and uh, we finally started seeing some breakthrough day three, day four, and, and she finally came through that, and God healed her. But what kept us grounded was the belief that things could change. Hopelessness is something that we cannot believe in, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. We can't believe that lie. <coughs> but Hebrews chapter 6 tells us, This hope we have as an anchor for our souls, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. Hope is an anchor given by God. It is an anchor given by God that when the storms of life toss us back and forth, we must put our anchor down and still believe things can change. Hope is an anchor for our souls. Hope is not just a Christian ideal. Hope is literally a matter of life and death. Whether a ship places its anchor down, determines the course it will track, determines whether or not it's going to go uh, turn over, it determines whether or not those who are on board are going to go overboard. This anchor of hope is literally a matter of life and death for the life of the believer because it's the very thing we stake our hope in. The fact that we believe things can change is the core belief of our Christian existence. The fact that we believe Jesus Christ can still change a human heart, take it from death to life, is having a hope that is supernatural. Hope is not physiological. Hope is not this, this pie-in-the-sky thought process that makes us feel better or think happy thoughts. No, hope is theological. It is something given by God that is rooted in the Word of God, that is rooted in the Spirit of God, that fuels us to live a life for Him. This is what hope is. And the writer of Hebrews brings us to a place in our minds where we are seeing a ship at sea. Picture that in your mind. Facing the storms of life, the winds, the waves, and the currents are trying to determine for you and I in our life a direction of destruction. The enemy has a plan for you and God has a plan for you. When the anchor of hope is not set down in our lives, this track of destruction can be taken. When this anchor is not holding us steadfast in the middle of these storms of life, this is when the enemy takes us off course and there's a plan that he has for you and I to determine a path of destruction. But the way a ship stays stable in these conditions is, as we have said, by dropping its anchor. And when we drop our anchor, it keeps us steadfast on the course that we have charted with God. How do you stay steadfast? How do you stay immovable and shakable in the purpose of God? You live with hope. Never stop believing things can change. Never stop believing things can change. Never stop believing God can do something in your life. We have to avoid seeing hope as this soft, cushy Christianese phrase, but begin seeing hope as something that is a matter of life and death for our spiritual lives. Because when you start living without hope, you start living without an anchor. When you start living without an anchor, you start letting external circumstances determine your course. Rather than allowing the voice of God to determine our course, rather than allowing His Word to determine our course, His Spirit and His power, we now have allowed the things of this world. Let me tell you something. There are millions of patterns of thoughts in this world right now that you could be following. There are millions of ideologies and things that you could be following after. But God wants to remind you today, only true hope is found in Him. And when we don't put our anchor of hope down, 
we are tossed to and fro. If hope is a simple belief things can change, then hopelessness is the simple belief that things cannot change. What is hopelessness? If we've talked about hope, staking our lives in hope, what is hopelessness? Hopelessness is when we have resigned the fact that nothing is going to change. Now, we have all felt this way. Even our Christ, in our Christian walk, we've had feelings of hopelessness. Maybe that family member didn't get healed. Maybe that friend you've believing, been believing for for a long time just hasn't turned the corner and hasn't accepted Christ. Maybe that friend that, that, as I've had in my life, that you've prayed for, that you've weeped over, that you've sought God over, things don't turn around and they buy into the lie of hopelessness. And many of my friends have bought into it to the point, I say many of them, I know a few, and it's, it's too many, have bought into the lie of hopelessness and taken their own lives. This is something that's not light. This is something that's not said by me to make a preacher's point. This is something that's a matter of life and death. When we don't have hope in Christ, our anchor is up. Our ship is tossed at sea. And it's just a matter of time before we're tossed overboard. Hopelessness is a detrimental posture and an attitude towards the world that leads us in disbelief of things changing. This is why God's Word is such a good reminder to us that we can have hope in the middle of circumstances that seem to be out of control. Marriages fail because of hopelessness. People take their lives because of hopelessness. People quit the church because of hopelessness. I'm telling you today... If we set our anchor down in Christ, if we set our anchor down in what He has told us, He who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. God does not awaken hope in your heart just to let you down. Listen to me. If, you, if you've had hope in your heart and it's been dashed and it's gone, let me tell you something. God does not awaken hope in your heart so that now you can return to hopelessness. Put your anchor back down in Him. He who promised is faithful. Somebody that was familiar with this feeling of hopelessness at times was the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah had a unique call and the purpose God had given him had caused him great loneliness and trouble at times. Pleading with the people of God and seeing his words seemingly fall flat on the floor as he carried out his purpose in the earth. This, these are some of Jeremiah's words in the book of Lamentations chapter 3. This is what he says, This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have this hope. Therefore, I have this belief that things can change. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the person who seeks Him. Wait on the Lord. He'll renew your strength. Wait on the Lord. He'll cause you to rise up. Wait on the Lord. And He will fulfill the hope that is in your heart. I love Psalms chapter 30 verse 5. It says, Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. This is something that Jeremiah was very familiar with. He's referred to as a weeping prophet. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Reading, written in the book of Psalms by King David. King David knew what it felt like to 
he says in the Psalms, I wish I could just die. This is, this is how bad it was. I wish I could just die. It's so hard. It's so tough. So hopeless that this is what he says. But then, after all this, he reinforces it. He comes back. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Why? Because I have this hope in Jesus. I have this hope that things can change. I don't have hope in myself or in somebody else or external circumstances or in my or or in this or in that or this construct that I've built up. No, my stronghold is built in hope. I believe that Jesus Christ is going to give us a new day. I believe a new day is dawning. I believe that although this weeping may last for the night, his joy is going to come in the morning. These are things we have to remind ourselves of so that hope is built up like a stronghold in our lives. Nothing had changed for generations for Israel, for Jeremiah. They're facing the judgment they deserve, but through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Your mercy is new every morning, the Word says. He begins to think about the mercy of God, and it begins to speak to him that things can change. Even when God moves in judgment, he still leaves room for hope. Even when God is moving in judgment, He still leaves room for hope right now. Right now, we are in a season where God is still leaving room for hope to happen. The reason why I'm saved is because He still left room for hope. The reason why you this morning might be saved is because He left room for hope for you. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all hope and joy in believing. Our God is referred to as the God of hope. The God of hope. May He fill you with all hope and joy in believing. When God looks at humanity, He still believes things can change. Jeremiah 29, 11. The, the, the scripture we're so familiar with. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you hope in a future. This was written around the same time Lamentations was written. This captures the idea that when we face a storm, that is a result of our own actions. In God's mercy, He still leaves room for hope. Today you might be thinking, I'm too deep in sin. I've done too many things. I, I don't have hope for my life. There's no way I could come back. How in the world I've failed time and time again. The Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times. But he gets back up seven times. If you lean into the hope of Jesus Christ, he can give you a power, the same power that rose him up from the dead, that will quicken your mortal body, that will fuel your life, that will be the counselor and the helper, that will help rise you back up again when you have fallen. Have hope again. Even when God moves in judgment, he still leaves room for hope, and there's still hope for you today. Do not buy the lie of hopelessness. Hopelessness will kill our belief in God's power to operate in our lives. Today, I want to give you three things, three places where hope comes from. Today, I want to give you three places where hope comes from. Number one, hope comes from God's Word. Hope comes from God's Word. Word. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So right here, Paul's writing to the church at Rome for whatever things were written before. All the writings that came before us, they were written for our learning that through patience and comfort of the scriptures we might have hope. This book, this Bible was written so that you might have hope. That you could have the belief that things can change. 
And that hope is rooted in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 verses 3 through 5 says this, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. God is producing us by His Word to have hope in our lives. It's only by God's Word that we're reminded of what He's done. Moses, the Red Sea is split open so that Israel can come out of Egyptian bondage and captivity, walk on dry ground, and walk right through into freedom. Why is this in there? One, because it's a great story. Two, it's because God wants to remind us of hope. He wants us to, to remind us that when Sometimes when problems of our own making happen, sometimes when we are in situations that are tough, sometimes when the enemy looks like he's going to win, God can create dry ground. He can, he can split open a sea and let you walk on dry ground across it so that you can have freedom in your life. God reminds us time and time again that he provides. God will provide over and over again. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in the furnace of fire and they will not bow to the idols that have been placed before them. God is with them. He protects them in the midst of this fire. He stands up for them because they have hope. They believe things can change. They believe that God can, can do something that is beyond our belief, do something that is supernatural. God reminds us of these stories in His Word to fuel hope in our lives. 2 Peter chapter 3 refers to mockers of hope in the last days. That they're going to be those who mock hope. Things are never going to change. How could you ever believe that? Nothing's going to happen like that. How would you believe that God could do that? There's no way. There's no way He could do that. That's crazy. People are going to say that. People have said that to me. How in the world can you believe that? Connor, that person's never going to change. Why are you even praying for them? They're setting their ways. <clears throat> The reason why I believe that things can change is because I know God changed me. And if <laughs> how jacked up I was, how messed up I was, I know if God can change me and renew my heart and, and change my mind and do something in me and my family, by God, He can do it in anybody. That's why I believe because I have this hope and I've set this anchor down in my life that God can do it for anybody else. See, when people come at you and they try to mock what it is God is trying to do in your life, you have to set that anchor down. You have to realize that God's not slack in His promise. He who promised is faithful and He is not forgotten. Remind yourself of God's hope through His Word. Second, hope comes from God's Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope. Overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope is not simply a psychological state of mind that is trying to view the world optimistically. It is powered and inspired by the Spirit of God. Hope is not this hollow word. Hope is not this casual thing that we have. Hope is something given by God. It's inspired by His Spirit. And you can't have hope apart from it. You can't have true hope apart from the Spirit of God. I know people in my life that are the most positive people. They, they, they see the world optimistically. They see it in a positive light. The joy beams out of their life. But I'm telling you, I've had the conversations. I've had the sit-downs. I've had the text conversations. 
I don't have hope right now. I don't understand what's going on. I don't even know where to go right now in my life. And, and really, in large part, it's because the Spirit of God. Listen, the Spirit of God is something that we cannot live without. This is not something that's just something we hype up in the church to give us powerful services. This is not something like that. This is something that is so powerful in our lives, and it's a gift that Jesus Christ gave to us when He ascended on into heaven. He actually said to His disciples, it'd be better that I go and that the Helper come. The paraclete, parakletos in, in the Greek, which means our helper, our counselor, our guide, our advocate. This is what the Spirit of God is to us. And if that is not working in your life, hope cannot be actualized or realized. This is what I'm talking about, the power of God's Spirit. When you battle hopelessness, you need to begin to pray for God's Spirit to be active and alive for you. If you have your prayer language, begin to pray in the Spirit. The love of God is what sustains hope. During prolonged difficulty. And the love of God is exemplified through His Spirit that He has sent to us to walk alongside us and to live within us. We are convinced that the character of God is not to lead us on only to disappoint us, but it keeps us in a place of believing. I love this quote from Lou Engel. It says, God would never tether your soul to a dead-end dream. God will not awaken a hope within you that He does not intend to fulfill. He is not a cruel Father. We don't serve a a father that is mean to us. He is Abba Father. He is God with us. He is a very intimate father. He is one who wants to know about you. You can, you can talk to God as a father. Romans 5, 5. I love this verse. Now hope does not disappoint. Come on. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. There are so many key things in this scripture that we have to realize Hope, one, hope doesn't disappoint. Why? Why does hope not disappoint? Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. Hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts. Why and how? By the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This is a powerful scripture. It doesn't disappoint because God poured His love out into our hearts by His Holy Spirit. By His grace that He gave to us. As I've said, when Jesus ascended into heaven, He promised us this gift of the Holy Spirit. The paraclete in Greek. The same resurrection spirit that rose Jesus from the dead has now quickened our mortal bodies. Hope is only enacted by the power of His Spirit that He has given to us. I would encourage you, pray to be filled with the Spirit. Pray to be led by His Spirit. Pray to be empowered by His Spirit. And given grace, the divine empowerment to live a life of hope, the belief that things can change. And I'm closing with this lastly and finally. Res the resurrection of Jesus gives us a living hope. Number three, the resurrection of Jesus gives us a living hope. First Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus' resurrection is the ultimate personification of hope. Without the resurrection, our faith, our hope, our belief in God is invalid. It does not solidify. That's what makes us different from so many other religions, ideologies. Our God is not dead. He is alive. He is active. He is moving. He is working within this, this earth by His Spirit. I'm so thankful 
that God is overcome by His Son. The very thing that many of us fear in life. Many of us fear death. I, I believe the last time I looked the on you know, the most feared things in the world, one, the very thing I'm doing on this stage right now is number one, and it was for a long time. Number two is death. The fear of public speaking is one, and second is death. That's so funny to me. Death itself became an uncertainty when God rose Jesus from the dead. We serve the resurrected Jesus. Death is the darkest thing we can experience on this side of eternity. And Jesus overcame the very thing. Many of us fear the most in our lives, death itself. Now many of you listening, many of us that have have talked about this and been saved for a long time, death may not be a fear of ours. Death may be something we look forward to because we're looking forward to that hope of glory. We're looking forward to being in heaven. We're looking forward to, to worshiping God in eternity. But today, if you're not sure of that hope, Death can seem dark and dim to you, but I'm telling you today, we have a God that has overcome death, hell, and the grave, and He rose again, and He is alive and active. This is why we have a living hope. We know now that we can walk in power. We know now that we can walk in the fullness of love. We know that we can walk in a hope of belief that things can change because Jesus showed us that it could happen. And today, if you don't know that hope, if you don't know that love, if you don't know and have that reassurance that I don't fear death, I'm looking forward to the day when I can see God. And so if you don't have that belief, if you don't have that assurity in your heart, I would pray today that you would come to know Christ. I'd pray you'd come to know the, 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 uh, the, the author and the perfecter of our faith. I pray that you would come to know the lover of your soul as the Bible describes him, which is Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 37 says this, But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquered through Him who loved us. Why can we conquer? Because Jesus conquered. He went before us. He went ahead to show us the way. Because He has overcome, I can overcome by the power of His Spirit. God not only wants to set you free, but He wants you to be a prisoner. A prisoner of hope. Let this stronghold of hope be built up in your heart. Let it be built up in your mind. Let it be built up in your spirit. Be fueled by His Word. Be fueled by His Spirit to live this life on purpose for Him. And be fueled by the fact that Jesus rose up from the dead. What keeps us steadfast in prayer when things are bleak, dark, and seemingly insurmountable? What keeps us from keeping prayer as a coping mechanism only to get us through the day, but something that's powerful, that's warfare, that is enacting the kingdom of God in this earth. It's by us having a living hope, us having a belief that things can change. When everybody else is saying you should have given up, when everybody else is saying you should have moved on, when everybody else is saying that'll never work out, have hope in Christ. Hope is not merely psychological, it is theological. It is something that is given by God. It's something that is fueled by His Spirit. I would remind you today that hope is not a denial of pain. <clears throat> hope is not a denial of tough things that happen in our life. This is what hope is. Hope, uh, hope allows us to acknowledge pain to process it, to even vocalize it. But even through all of that, we should end up landing back 
in hope. We should end up landing back in the fact that God is faithful. God is true to His Word. He who promised is faithful. I know that all of these things are happening in my life, but it will not come nigh my dwelling because God is fighting for me. He is with me in the storm. He is with me in the fire. He is with me through all of these things, and God will make me victorious in His name. Be rooted in hope. It's not bad to process pain, but it needs to be done in His presence. David gives us an example of this in Psalm chapter 42, verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him. The help of my countenance and my God. Even when my soul is downcast, I will hope in God again. I will praise Him again. I will fuel that again. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast to the stronghold of hope. Let us hope again. Let us have hopeful thinking and let us believe things can change in Jesus name let's pray God we come to you today we are so thankful for your presence we are so thankful for your word God that divides against flesh and spirit God that speaks truth to the innermost parts of our life and I pray today God that people who need hope that people who need love who need Christ in their life that they would lean into you God we pray right now for everybody that's listening God touch them give them hope again by the power of your word, by the power of your spirit, by the power of the resurrection of your son. God, let their life be one that is anchored in hope. God, I pray right now for anybody that doesn't know you. God, I pray that you would move in their heart to make a decision to follow you. God, I thank you for who you are. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If you want to make that decision to follow Christ today, I would ask you click that link in our description. And fill out that card and let one of us on staff get in touch with you and help lead you on this journey of following Christ and having your life anchored in a living hope. We're so glad you joined us today. We can't wait to see you back next week. We love you, church. God bless you.